Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. After party, talking about what do you do after the party, right? After the main event. So when you look at the definition of the after party, it literally means the party after the main event. So you have this main event like the concert or the miracle of God. God shows up in your finances. God shows up and your kids come back to the Lord. Come on, that main event. You're at a conference. God's speaking to you. Your heart's pounding. You're like, woo, God, you're so good. Like that main event. But today I want to talk about the after party, the middle space. Because a lot of life is spent in the middle space. Can I get a witness? And those main event, those mountaintop experiences are incredible, but a lot of times we find ourselves in the valley. We find ourselves in the middle space in between main events. And so what do we do? How do we celebrate? How do we look back and remember what God has done in order to move forward? So if you're taking notes, and you should be because it's good stuff, make sure you write down this as the title, what's in your rear view mirror? What's in your rear view mirror? That's a big question to ask yourself is, what's in the rearview mirror? You know, a lot of times uh, we can pay attention to what's going on in front of us and forget about the things that God has already done. And so we can get caught up in the situation we're up against instead of remembering what God has already accomplished and is able and capable to do. Hey, I've asked Ashley to come out. My wife, if y'all don't know, this is my beautiful wife. Doesn't she look good today? She's looking so good today. It's going to be hard for me to focus, but we're going to try to do this, all right? Is that all right? All right. I might get it distracted. If I do, just forgive me. She's just one cutie patootie. You ready for today? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited, too, because we're talking about, basically, we have this tradition in our house, and we'll talk about it in just a sec here. Um, but we started this tradition, and I truly believe that it's a tradition that every home should have. It was something that was started back in Moses' day. And we want to bring it out um, here today. So I'm excited. Today's going to be a good day. But Ashley, um, welcome. Welcome to the table. Thank you. (laughs) I'm excited. We're going to start today in Exodus and talking about from main event to main event, right? And like Elijah said, what do you do in between from the God said to God did? From the mountaintop to the mountaintop, what do you do in between there? And, and the whole idea of a manajar comes from the story in the Bible in Exodus of Moses and the Israelites. And Moses and the Israelites are like Moses is saving the Israelites, God's chosen people. And they're coming out of captivity and they're fleeing and they come up against the Red Sea. And so this is where, you know, if you're probably like anything like me, I always envision what it's like to be in a Bible story. Has anyone ever done that? Like sometimes we can read Bible stories and it's like, oh yeah, and then they were all saved. Like that's awesome. But what if you were really an Israelite and you're right there and you're fleeing captivity and all your enemies are coming behind you and now you're looking up against the Red Sea and you're like, uh, wait, God was supposed to save us. Like we're supposed to be delivered. And what if you don't swim? And what if you don't swim? Those are the people that, that are really is nervous. Terrible. They're it like, be... oh my word, grab the floaties. Did anybody bring my life jacket? I know, like, like right? what is happening? What we and, and we have this main event 
where Moses uses his staff. We talked about this um, in, during the, at the movie series, but Moses uses his staff and parts the Red Sea. The Israelites walk through, and then all the enemies, the Egyptian army, are drowned under the water. And so we have this first mountaintop experience, and then the Israelites are moving towards the promised land, which is the next mountaintop experience. But in between mountaintop and mountaintop, we have this wilderness. Anyone ever felt like your life is in the wilderness? And isn't it crazy how, how fast you can forget what God did yeah. in your life? Yeah. Isn't it amazing how fast you can get your eyes back on, oh my word, the bills, oh my word, the sickness, oh my word, all this stuff that we forget what God has done. Absolutely. He just parted the Red Sea. And now we find the Israelites now complaining about other stuff. And we find them hungry in the wilderness. And this is where this, this manna jar comes from, is they were hungry. They were complaining. Anybody else get hangry? Yes. You're not just hungry. You're hang. It doesn't matter who it is. You're angry at them because you just want food. You're like, if you were food, I'd be happy with you. But I'm, <laughs> you're not food, so get out of my way, right? And so they're hangry. They're complaining to Moses. Hey, we need food. And so Moses goes to God, and God sends quail. He sends this wind that brings all this quail, all the meat they could eat. And then he brings this stuff called manna. It was bread from heaven. They didn't know what to call it, so they called it manna because uh, manna literally means what is it. They didn't know what it was. It was dew that turned into like this bread thing, and it was delicious. So they're like, what is it? I don't know, manna. Let's do it. And so they're eating this what is it, and this miracle's taking place. And so at the end of this miracle, Moses tells everybody, hey, everybody, grab a jar. Grab a jar. Put a bunch of the miracle of God. Put a bunch of manna in it. Close it up. And then you're going to keep it for generations to come so that everybody that asks you in your family and everybody that comes into your tent and sees this jar, they're going to say, what is that? And you're going to say, wait until you hear what God did in my life. And so we took on this tradition of having a manna jar. We got a jar and we said, let's put some miracles in here of what God has done in our life. So we started packing it with the medical uh, uh, Miracles. Thank you. Miracles. Yeah. Tongue twisted. You're so beautiful. I can't help <laughs> it, baby. Medical miracles. Woo! Get caught up. We, we started. We, he was, Elijah was telling the first experience. We started with a small mason jar yeah. for um, our miracles to put in it. And then um, some of you may know, some may not, but I was very sick in our first year of marriage. And I was in the Dominican Republic and had all this infection. And so the nurse there was like, um, we need to get you on the next flight home. You need to go. And they flew me to Kansas City, where I'm originally from, and um, took me straight into surgery. And it was like 6 a.m., rushed me into surgery and told Elijah, hey, you need to go say goodbye to your wife because we're not sure if she's going to make it out of surgery. And this was literally like a week or two after our one-year anniversary. And, man, yeah. it was like crazy. And so we started this manna jar. And way down in here, we have my first hospital band was down in yep. here somewhere. A bunch a and, bunch of hospital and then and then I kept going in and out of the hospital for about four months yep. and so we had a, a hospital band after hospital band and so that's when we went and we got a bigger jar because we were like wow <laughs> God keeps showing up praise yep. the Lord he keeps showing up he did and I, I think about uh in here I see a pair of headphones and a golf ball you might be like what does that mean that's so weird I know it is it's so weird but I had this duck cyst in my neck and it was the size of a golf ball. And it grew up, it was right before we got together. It was right out of college. And I got this duck cyst. I went to the doctor. I'm like, doctor, this ain't normal. And he's like, no, it ain't. You were going to have to do surgery on that. 
And so we had two weeks till the surgery. We believed in prayer and miracles in my house, so we would pray, and we were seeking God, and we're praying and believing, and two weeks went by. Nothing happened in those two weeks, nothing. And I remember being like, wow, God, come on. I know you can move. But then I remembered back because we had this in the mana jar. And this headphones might not mean much to you, but this represents a miracle in my life because when I was little, I had nodules on my vocal cords so bad that I couldn't talk. In fact, I, I had to go to speech therapy. I had to learn how to whisper. And they taught me how to whisper because they, they told my family that I would never be able to talk or speak or shout or sing properly. I would always have to whisper and so we prayed and believed, and God showed up and healed those nodules. Those nodules dissipated without surgery. In the name of Jesus, I was healed completely. Come on. Woo, baby. And now I'm shouting and singing every day. Come on, somebody. And so I looked back in the rearview mirror, and I saw, wow, look at what God already did. Look at that mountaintop experience. Look at that main event. Because sometimes we can forget. But when we look at the manna jar and we pull it out, we're like, babe, you remember? I wasn't even supposed to talk, but woo, look at me now. Like I'm shouting for Jesus. And because of that, this is going to be healed too. And so we kept on. We kept on in the middle space. When we're believing for a miracle, we kept on. <laughs> wouldn't, you, wouldn't you know, Jesus, God waited till two weeks. The night before the surgery, he had me sweating. God's timing is not our timing, but it's perfect. Amen. And so we, the night before, I go to bed with this lump. I wake up, golf ball, gone. The cyst is gone in the name of Jesus. It was healed completely without a surgery. Come on. God is awesome. And a, our God is a God of the main events, but he's such a God of the middle space. But we have to remember. We have to look and say, look at what God did. And we show our kids, Zion, look at what God did in daddy. And because God did that, now we can believe in what he's going to do now. Talk about your uh, Seattle, baby. Yeah, when I, well, I want to read um, the scripture in Psalm 77, verse, starting in verse 12 and going into 13. It says, I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? It's Woo! looking back. It's, it's that... That quote we all hear, right? Elijah talked about the rearview mirror. The rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield. We've all heard that, right? Because we're focused on where we're going, but we have a rearview mirror to look back at where we've been and remember what God's done. And it's all about our perspective. And I think that's what a manager does is it sets our perspective right. It sets us to the point where it's like, I've seen God do this, and so I know that he can show up again. And it may not be in the same way, and it may not be how I want or when I want, but I serve a God who shows up. And for me personally, I grew up um, in Kansas City, and so I, I love Kansas City. It's so great. But So I grew up there, and I was at my dad's church in the same church family until I was 18 years old. And then uh, this church family had become more like aunts and uncles and cousins and brothers and sisters than just friends. And I, I love that. I love the power of a church family. And so I was moving to this leadership school right outside of Seattle, and I was so nervous. Like, to be totally honest with you, because I'm a people person. I love meeting new people. Like, I just I thrive on that. But at the same time, I was like, but what if this isn't like a church family that like does life together? And I don't know what it's going to be like. And I don't just want to attend church. And I don't just want to learn ministry. I really want a church family. And I began to pray. 
And so God showed up, and I am so grateful for the church that was out there, Destiny Christian Center, that I had the honor of learning under, the honor of being a part of their church family. And so I took something that represented that Seattle, that God providing the family, the community that I needed, and I put it in the manager. And then about two years ago, actually, from this last month, actually, yeah, July 2016, Elijah and I had been on staff as youth pastors. For 10 years, Elijah had been there. And so the gift of that church was that we would go on a one-month sabbatical and be able to dream about what God was going to do in the future. And if you know Elijah and I for like a split second, we're dreamers. Like we can go out to dinner and plan the next five years of our life. Like we just are huge dreamers. So you give us a month with no cell phones, no email. I mean, it was great. We're like dreaming in high definition. And that's where God gave us the dream of change, of this church, of what this church was going to be, what this church family was going to come together as, and what we were going to do in our city. And if you look through all these pages, it has, you know, the next generation and how God was going to bring the different spheres together and the timeline that God had spoken but I still think it's funny because some people come back from, like, vacay, and they're like, I'm just so refreshed, you know, whatever. I, I brought my tan. We're like, we brought a magazine. Yeah, we, we brought this back. We're like, We're here's like, our 20 pages of what's coming This is our next five next. years. We're so excited. But God, God gave us this dream, and he spoke to us. And it's crazy because I remember our last Sunday, actually, as youth pastors, was October 30th, 2016. And I remember waking up the next day and saying, oh, my word, what do we do now? Like, it's not like it's always been. It's not the same church family it's always been. What is this going to look like? And I remember praying and saying, Elijah, like, I believe in this dream. I know that God has called us, and I know that God's going to provide but what's it going to look like? Like, who's going to do this? I told the first experience when you're launching a church, they tell you, God will provide a team. And we always joke, like, where? Like, do you go to Amazon? Like, did we, we like, literally built a coffee cart and went out to thing? the streets. We're like, hi, do you want to be a part of our team? Like, and I look at the way God's brought every person that's a part of this church family. And those of you that are here for the first time, man, you're a part of the church family. Welcome. 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 But I remember sitting and I remember thinking, if God provided 10 years ago for a church family, won't he do it again? Can't he provide again in the same way he has? So good. But it's being intentional about yeah. what you put on display. Yeah, it's good. It's huge. You got to write that down. What are we putting on display? What's in my rearview mirror? It's a great question to ask yourself because there's a lot of ways you can look at life. And you can look at life and say, wow, family, this is super hard. There's a lot of things we're going to have to do for this church. Like, we're going to have to start over as a church family. Like, we're going to have to, like, go meet people for the first. This is going to be so hard. Or we can say, look at what God already did. Look at the family he already created. And look at what he can do now through us. We're stepping into this by faith, knowing that the mountains were already moved for us. We we're already on that mountaintop experience. And so we move through this middle space with a little bit of strut. Yeah. We're like, look at what God can do. We're ready for it because we know what God has done. And so we believe in what he can do. And that's what David was saying. when He said, I meditate on the works of God. I keep them as forefront of where I am. You have to do that intentionally. Say, all right, family, we have to meditate on what God has done. Look at what he's done. And we put it in a glass jar. 
so you can see in it. So that when the kids see it, when someone comes over for dinner, and they're like, yo, what you got a stethoscope in there for? We can tell them the, 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 the stories about what God has done. And so today, we'd love to start a tradition with you, just in your family, to say, hey, what are some main events, some incredible miracles that God has done? Maybe it's through finance. Maybe it's bringing your family together. Maybe it's you finding this church and finding this new family. Maybe it's, it's a healing that took place. Whatever that main event is, putting it in a manajar today and saying, all right, listen, family, from here on out, we are meditating. We're keeping it forefront. We're putting in the rearview mirror what God has done so that we can look ahead by faith and use faith as we walk into it. Now, a lot of times I, I think uh, God calls us to move mountains and use the keys of the kingdom in order to move things. But a lot of times we're shy about it because we're not sure, right? So, like, what if God doesn't show up? Or what if God doesn't move this time? But when you check out the rearview mirror and you see, wow, look at that miracle that he already did. It gives you more faith. It brings up your expectation level. It has nothing to do with the power of God changing. It has everything to do with our perspective changing, yeah, right? And when our perspective comes up and our expectation level rises up, all of a sudden, we start using the authority in our hands with confidence, knowing that God can move and he will move. And you start speaking things over your family and speaking hope into their future, saying God will use you. God will use our family. God will bring, you know, our son, our daughter back to the faith. God will do it in the name. God will touch my school because he's already done so. It's, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. getting it? Absolutely. Come on. We build our faith. We, we believe so much in the power of the perspective. And it's kind of like putting on glasses, if you will. Have you ever put on, like, purple sunglasses and everything looks purple? Or you put on blue sunglasses? Like, I love that. I think my kids are so cute because my kids will put them on. They're like, oh, Mommy, everything turned purple. I'm like, I know. It's crazy. Like, does everything really turn purple? No, not at all. But they're looking through purple glasses to see things purple. And I think that's why the power of perspective, that's why a manajar is so powerful because it sets your mindset to where you're looking for what God's doing. And can I tell you from personal experience, sometimes closed doors are just as much miracles as open doors. And there's been some things in our lives that we've prayed for and we've prayed for and we've been like, okay, this is our timeline. This is how it's going to work out. This is what God's going to do, right? Like you ever tell God what he's going to do? It's so funny. But you're like, okay, this is a timeline. This is what we're going to do. And then it doesn't go as planned. And you're like, God, you were supposed to show up. This was going to happen. And it's like we said, the rearview mirror, hindsight's always 2020. And you look back and you know, God, thank you so much for knowing who I needed to meet through that maybe that diversion. Maybe it's some, yeah, divine detour. Maybe it's somebody that you need to meet. But can I tell you today that your closed doors are just as much miracles as your open doors. And as you set your perspective, as you put on that set of glasses and you begin to look through the, the expectation and the mindset of what is God going to do? What is God going to speak? How is God going to show up? As you begin to look through that expectation, I can promise you, you'll see things differently. You can see things differently. Come on, it's the art of celebration, right? It's celebrating what God has done and you rest in his faithfulness, right? Not the situation at hand. You rest in the faithfulness of God. 
and you start to celebrate who God is, celebrate what he can do, it's the art of celebration. It's looking back so you can move forward, right? It's looking back and seeing what God has done so you can move forward into what he's done. And the scripture, we all, you know, if you've read this before, you, you know it's a very common verse, but it's Romans chapter 8, verse 27 and 28. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Isn't that amazing that God has a will for your life? And it might not be your will, might not be our will, might not be what we decide, but God has a perfect will for you. And then verse 28 is the one we all quote. It says, and we know that in all things God works together, works the, for the good of those who love him and who have been a call, called according to his purpose. And I love that scripture because it's, it's not that all things are good. It's not that doors all need to be opened, right? Some doors are shut. But God works everything together because he's moving you in a direction. He's moving you in his perfect will for your life. And that's why we rest in his faithfulness. We celebrate who our God is. It's the after party. It's celebrating after the main event. Saying, look at what God did. And let's keep it lit. <laughs> let's turn it up. Like, let's put stuff in a mana jar and keep it in front of people knowing that, look at what God did in our lives. And look at what he can do. So we're going to start that tradition today. Our team has prepared all these mana jars. This is what we started out with is a, is a mason jar. And so these are awesome, right? You can see through them. It's really good. We started things, and then we started, we had to, we had to upgrade, okay? <laughs> we had to upgrade. And how many know you're going to have to upgrade too because you're in a, a church called Change, and miracles happen in this church because we have an expectation. We know what God's going to do. We know what he's capable of, right? Because we're looking back. We see, wow, look at how God showed up there. And look at what God's going to do now. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.